Hello out there. You've found Wine Women in Writing, whether this is the video version or the podcast version, and I'm glad you did. I'm Pamela Fagan Hutchins, and this is a show where I talk with other writers, especially the name is a giveaway, Wine, Women, and Writing, especially other female writers about their female characters. And today's going to be no exception. Before we get into the good stuff with the woman who's, if you're on video, I can never remember if it's my left or right. It's this mirror <laughs> image thing. The woman over there, that's not me. Um, I wanted to do my obligatory, this is a solely only copyrighted production of Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. All hail our uber producer pam stack she from whom all blessings flow and then um the other reminder is that a mere month ago number six in the patrick flint series came out stag party thank you for the reviews thank you this one's kicking some butts a lot of snow in it kind of like here today where i'm uh coming to you from in wyoming where we had two feet last night but you can find my upcoming shows, my past shows. You can see what books we're going to be talking about so you can read ahead of time and participate in a meaningful book club-like way, all at my website, PamelaFaganHutchins.com. And so that leads us to the good stuff. And it is good stuff today. Um, I have on with me Mickey Browning, who writes both as Mickey Browning and M.E. Browning. So don't get confused. We're calling her Mickey, folks. We don't ever see each other face-to-face and we just talk on computers. I'm not really real. I'm like, what are those things? You know, I'm animatronic. <laughs> I'm not computer. Uh, I'm not exactly your technological guru. I am not either a cop, but guess who was? I, I want you first, before we talk about Joe Wyatt, the protagonist in your series, um, your new series, I want you to tell us a little bit about Mickey Browning. Oh, goodness. Um, that, that would be a comedy, not, you know, a, a thriller. Uh, I, I spent 22 years in law enforcement. And um, when it, I, I actually was a cop in two different jurisdictions, I started off in Santa Barbara and I spent 14 years there. Then I decided to um, finish up my education and I did that in Paris, France, then came back, realized that you could take the gal out of the the precinct, but you, you couldn't take the department out of the gal. And, and I ended up in Durango, which was a really amazing place to, to end up. And um, I, that's where I finished up my, my career. And during that time, I had a chance to go to the FBI National Academy in both agencies. I was a hostage negotiator. Um, I've been the, the PIO, the public information officer for Durango. Uh, I just had some amazing opportunities, and and at both uh, places I did the uh, I coordinated the Citizens Police Academy, and in Santa Barbara I met a just a charming woman who had um, was very quiet and had an incredibly dry wit by the name of Sue Grafton. Oh, you lucky, lucky, lucky girl! <laughs> yes. Oh man. <laughs> We were talking before we got on air about getting to um, meet virtually or otherwise favorite authors. And so she's got one of mine there. That's awesome. Um, so with your, well, basically, here's what I'm hearing you say. It's like, yeah, I write books, but I am a certified badass. And <laughs> my characters may or may not be as cool as me, but they're going to try. That's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's, it was an incredibly rewarding and fun career. Um, there, it, it's also a career where you can just 
end up doing the silliest things too, or seeing the silliest things and trying not to laugh. But, you know, you also are dealing with people in crisis. And one of the things that I like to think that I brought to the profession is, you know, empathy and sympathy for the people that I was was working with. Because let's face it, you know, as a cop, you see a lot of people in crisis and people are not at their best when, when they're in crisis. And so, you know, I think I learned a lot being a hostage negotiator. And um, every now and again, my husband will say, quit it. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, so it's it's been, it gave me an absolute um, education in humanity. It's a master's course in humanity. And that um, I like to think that I brought that to my writing as well. And that's why I like to delve so much into characters. So this brings up so many cool things to talk about. Um, one of which we haven't even talked about the book yet, but I got to tell you that one of the things that I appreciated about Joe was her relationship with and we also talked before we got on the air about how we mash books together and can't remember his name names, but she had a really joking, fun relationship with her older partner. And I loved that they were able to deal with the crises that they faced by laughing. And that at the same time, they weren't laughing at other people. They were laughing at life. They, it was a really, really, wonderful relationship for bringing Joe out. So I thought that was very cool. So tell us a little bit about Joe and the series and especially your new release, Mercy Creek. Okay, thank you. Um, I just want to say thank you, Pamela, for inviting me to be here today. It's truly an honor. And, and you know, I'm looking forward to this whole thing because I can already tell, you know, from our previous contacts, you know, what a hoot you are to talk with. And I just appreciate being here. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Well, see, I was going to just cut you off when you didn't say that up front. So I'm really glad you <laughs> I was about to end this thing. No, I'm kidding. One of the things you guys, you, you really need to go out to the website on the page here, Mickey's website, you need to read her bio. She's hilarious. She's not write comedy, although she, as I just was mentioning, she includes funny moments very seamlessly, but this woman is very funny. Um, and so, yes, we have hit it off via email and and discovered that we're just almost twins separated. <laughs> <laughs> but but as far as Joe is concerned, um, you know, I like to think she's the kind of cop that you would be happy to see on your doorstep if you were ever in need of help. She's um, she's very dedicated to being a good cop. It doesn't mean that she always makes all of the right moves because she's human and nobody makes all the right moves all of the time. But she's got. Uh, 12 years of experience. She's been a detective now for a couple of years, but she's policing in a very small jurisdiction. So policing is a little bit different than, you know, many of the, the shows that you see on television. They are set in New York or in Boston or in Los Angeles because there's so much that is constantly going on and it gives them a lot of cool toys to play with. Um, in a rural jurisdiction, you don't have that. And um, it's set in Echo Valley, which is in the Southwest corner of Colorado. And I like to joke that um, it's it's Durango if you, you know, take out or go back in time by 50 years, have the population and then squint and you'll see Echo Valley, which, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's a lovely place because it's in that section of the state and it's just gorgeous. But 
being in a uh, rural jurisdiction in a small town brings its own challenges as well. I think personally, though, it adds a greater potential for suspense because you don't have 11 deep backup at your disposal. You may not have all of the bells and whistles um, or immediacy of um, results that you'd get in a bigger city. And so for a reader, I think it gives you a really great experience for an author, a lot of opportunity to up the suspense quotient. It does because there's not always somebody who can bail you out. And that's true in real life as well. Um, you have calls that can unravel very quickly. And so you have to think on your feet and your backup may be, you know, minutes, minutes away. Um, and if you're in some of the more, more rural uh, counties, your backup could be 20 minutes away and a lot can happen in 20 minutes. So, you know, you have to, you have to be able to think on your feet. You have to, in the best situations, you can anticipate what some of the problems are going to be. And, um, you get out of more trouble by talking to somebody. Of course, you can also get into more trouble by, you know, popping off as well. So, but you know, if you treat people like people as they are and as you should be doing, uh, you know, really there's, there's a lot of conflict that you can avoid or mediate. Let's make sure we tell people that this is a missing person story. It's about a missing uh, little sweet nugget of a girl. She's in 4-H FFA kind of stuff like my kids were, you know, I was just come on, come on. I loved it. <laughs> There's animosity between the parents of this missing child and that it just was a riveting story. Is there anything you'd want to add about the plot? Well, you know, I think if we were going to give the movie poster um, blurb for, for the book, you know, you have the hunt for a missing child. Uh, you have a detective committed to um, finding her and you have a lie that changes everything. And that gets back to the small town dynamics where everybody has a secret and some of them take more steps than others to hide what that secret really is. Joe unearths a lot of secrets that she didn't know. And the parents of the child are people that she went to high school with. So she has a history with them and that complicates things as well. Uh, you know, I like to joke, in fact, I think I, even wrote it into Shadow Ridge, which was the first book that um, policing a small town has its its ups and downs in that everybody expects you to let them get away with murder. But oftentimes you do know where the bodies are buried. I think that added for me a lot to the story, the small town secrecy. I mean, I do have a soft spot for small towns, but <laughs> the, um, the plot ultimately is really driven by some of these secrets that are shared between Joe and the family of the missing girl and take her back to her childhood, to things that formed her and who she became as a cop and her sense of right and wrong. Um, so for me, that small town atmosphere totally added into it. There's a place on your website where you wrote, Mickey Brown writes about savvy women overcoming adversity to solve crimes and right wrongs. And that feels a lot like Joe when I read that, that this is a woman who is trying 
to do the right thing and trying to figure out if what she thinks is the right thing is the right thing and uh, is often very racked by the kinds of doubts that we really do have and yet comes across mm -hmm. savvy, confident, strong, um, willing to take a risk to help other people. So I'd let her in if she showed up at my door. <laughs> well, good. You know, somebody asked me one time whether or not, you know, Joe was a thinly veiled me and absolutely not. She's both braver and more stupid, you know, as <laughs> you, know, you, get yeah. through, you get through 22 years, you have to, you know, operate within certain parameters. And if you go on either side of those parameters, you could be getting yourself into trouble or, you know, even fired. We're writing fiction. I get to play. And, and it's it's a lot of fun to give her free reign, but still make her realistic. I never want somebody to think, oh, that would never happen. Um, you know, everything that happens in the story could um, with the right conditions coming up to it. I love how you say that, you know, the idea of if we wanted to not be entertained, we could just live our lives, right? And we could right. always be trying to make things peaceful because I think most of us seek peace in our lives. Uh, you know, maybe some thrills to our adventures, but day by day, you don't want to be, you know, nearly dead or making decisions to put your career on, at risk and, you know, taking food off the table of your family. But we want that in our fiction. We want to strain the bounds of credulity right to the edge. My brother's in the Marines and he helps me with some of my books. And he'll always say, Pamela, that would never happen. And I'd say, yes, but could it? And he's like, well, could yeah, but. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Thank you. Thank you. Right. You're giving me a time out. And that's that was something about the book that was very present. This was a woman that probably risked more than the woman that wrote her would have, you know, it ha because she's a fictional character. We can pull her back from the brink. She goes right to the edge and makes for an exciting read. Well, thank you. So what are you working on now? Is it because you've got two series? Do you have any plans to go back to your previous um, or are you sticking with Joe? Uh, you know, uh, Joe is in, you know, I, I really like Joe. Um, yeah. I needed to write those first couple of books um, really to learn how to write a police procedural, it, which sounds really crazy because I was a cop for 22 years. But mm. I had to learn what to leave out. And right. that was a, that was a tough lesson. And so I really had to I had to write an amateur sleuth first. And I have this horrible propensity of making characters who are smarter than I am. So I made her a PhD. She was a marine scientist who studied octopuses and um, <laughs> and set her in the keys because after I retired, uh, my husband and I, you know, we joked that we strapped a snowblower on top of the car and, and kept driving until somebody pointed at it and goes, hey, what's that? And then we knew we had, you know, gone far enough. And oh, so we ended funny. up in the keys where, we um, we decompressed. Uh, he was in law enforcement as well. And so we dove and I became a professional dive master and he became an instructor. And, um, you know, it kept us out of trouble for a while. But that's why I hit upon writing about somebody who was a who had a love of the ocean and and made a couple of scuba mysteries. I do have the kind of your Clive. It's your Clive Cussler moment, you know, 
<laughs> I had to throw that in because when I read that about you, I'm like a female version of a really adventurous mystery. Uh, yeah, that's like better than Clive Cussler. So go ahead. Go it, ahead. Well, you know, it's go funny ahead. because the very first time Random House put out a drift and their very first promo made the comparison to Clive Cussler. And I was like, yes. <laughs> but better. You throw that in. See, I can say that. Um, well, thank so, you. Um, by the way, I'll be coming to see you in January because my husband and I are coming to Key West for a week. So just oh, be ready for us. Excellent. My husband grew up in the Virgin Islands, so he's also a fairly avid diver. But when you spend 40 years somewhere and you get to the office the end of the spectrum, which is I want to go somewhere where I can visit the ocean when I want to, but I'm not stuck on an island that takes me two days to get anywhere. And then your wife drags you to uh, Wyoming where she grew up and you're like, what happened? I want to go back to the ocean. But um, anyway. That's what vacations are for. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you're, you're very much into Joe right now. So the next book we see from you is going to be Joe. Not necessarily because oh. I'm also working on a domestic suspense book. That one's in that that stage where you don't really talk about it too much because you're still getting everything worked out and you don't, you don't want to annoy your muse. <laughs> so they stop helping. <laughs> exactly. Well, for me, it's always that I really don't know what's happening. And so if someone asks, I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm ready to ask about it. I have no idea what it's going to be. This has been so much fun. And, um, you guys know that I only let people on whose books I think that you're going to like. And many of you, many of my readers um, tend to be uh, fans of mystery, suspense, thriller that's set in what I'd call the Mountain West. This one's going to hit your sweet spot. They all have a high tolerance for female writers um, and for, um, I'd say love for female writers, but most of the time they say, oh, I love CJ Box and you, or I love Craig Johnson and you. Um, and you. I'm number two, but I'm, I'm a strong number two. Anyway, um, but you're going to really love these books. Joe is, is exactly the character that we said she was. This is an exciting book. I'd go back and start with Shadow Ridge number one if I were you, but they can be read as standalone, so you're going to be good. I'm personally going to go check out um, Mare and, um, and hearken back to my 10 years in St. Croix and, and diving and, and have some fun there. I'm going to do them to warm up for my trip to visit you in Key West. I was going to say it's a beach read. <laughs> and you guys, um, please head back out to the website and there you're going to find the shows that are upcoming. You're going to be able to read along and enjoy these shows even more because you've already read the books and it won't hurt my feelings if you pick up a few of mine while you're there. And we will, or I will, See you next time. Mickey, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much, Pamela.